0: Welcome to Kilts and Culture with USA Kilts. We're here to talk about all things Highland dress, the cultures and the heritage that created it, and how to enjoy the kilt in the 21st century. From tartan and trues to haggis and history, we cover it all. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the show.
1: We are trying the now internet famous or infamous Guinness and Iron Brew cocktail. Just to reiterate. Yeah, that's and uh. Here's our pour. My pour attempt.
0: Yeah, I'm. Not I'm, too bad. I'm pleased with the pour attempts.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely worked. Well, um, what I like is the bubbles coming up through the Iron Brew. It's like, it's yeah. like it's like a poor man's lava lamp.
0: <laughs> the online name is Iron Gin, which I think is absolutely shite. Iron you don't Gin. call a half and half a Baskin. You don't call a cider Guinness a Saigan Why would you call this an iron gin? Ah, doesn't make sense. So okay, three of us gotta come up with
1: names. I got what one. What we think this should be called. I got one. I'm gonna pretend it's classier than it is. I'm gonna call it a Dublin sunset. Dublin sunset? A Dublin sunset. I like I like Thank the classiness you. there. I like Thank it. You. Nothing says class like Ironbird.
2: <laughs> Mac. I, I had two floating around. Okay. But uh, I, I will go with one, one of the two. Okay. I'm going with Black and Brew. Black and Brew? Black and Brew. Black and I like that. That's okay. more appropriate. Okay. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, this one was inspired by my son when we were actually, I showed him the video telling him what we were going to do online. And he said, Dad, that's orange and black. That's a flyer's drink. And I was like, Damn it, boy. You're brilliant. So. How do I appropriately honor the Flyers with this drink? Uh oh. You ready for this? I'm And not this sure one, I am. this one was a little bit of a mixture, and okay. Lucas helped with this naming as well. Oh, now I'm really So I, I've cheated a little bit. Okay. This is oh, what the heck did he call it? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> he forgot. Oh, I forgot. I <laughs> forgot to name it.
0: Oh no no no! I got it! I got it! I got it! I got it. Okay. Gritty fuel. Gritty
2: fuel. Okay. Gritty
0: fuel. I think it actually works. If there are two characteristics of the mascot, gritty, he is hyperactive and he kind of seems drunk. If he was fueled by something, I would imagine it would be something like this.
1: Okay, I can't remember. Is Iron Brew caffeinated? I know there's a hell of a lot of sugar in it. I have, I have one other, I have one other name. Oh, I'd like to to put put forward one more. All right, North Sea Oil Slick. The 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 Irish
0: guy that tried this also did. There's a blue. They call Cause that an oil slick like because there's water watered. and oil yeah, on top. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. So, okay, never mind then. I, I get the North Sea part because it's the Scottish, you know. Exactly. I get Scotland, it. Scotland I get it. I get it. All you out there, tell us which name you think fits best. And spoiler alert, the answer is Gritty Fuel. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not according to the results so far. Shh. <laughs>
0: Shh. Lie to us, Mac.
2: <laughs> there's mud in your eye.
0: Yes. All right. Now, see if we can taste the
2: Guinness or the Iron Brew. Mac. I'm confused. I'm... <laughs> Me and Eric kind of have the same reaction going on right now.
1: <laughs> I don't hate it, but I'm not sure I like it either. <laughs> um, I'm
0: not getting, I'm, I'm so far, I don't know if I'm not tilting it enough. I'm just getting Guinness. I'm not really getting
1: Iron Brew much. You want my first impression? mm uh-huh. If a root beer oh. lollipop could go bad, it tastes like okay. it tastes like bad root beer. I, I get where, yeah. Like it, it, root beer that's been in the sun in your car for a summer and it started to ferment. I, it's, I don't, yeah, it's just, this is weird. I see what you're saying about the root beer thing. To me, it tastes much
0: more chocolatey. So I'm getting like a, a bad, rancity, sweet, fake chocolate candy flavor. Yeah,
1: it just, it reminds me of like, you know, like you you got that soda that you left in the car at the beginning of the weekend at a camping trip and you're going home and you're like, ah, who cares, I'm gonna drink something. it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah, just like. Yeah. 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 Tastes like yeah, flat, chocolatey root beer. I just want my Guinness and I want my Iron Brew in separate classes. I'm I, disappointed. Well, I was hoping, I was I actually. I thought it was gonna be better. I was kinda hoping I would like, because I'm a real big fan of black velvets and snake bites. I will definitely take my stout and a cider or stout, and you know something else, but it's just this doesn't quite work like I was hoping it would. I thought yeah. just for just for giggles this would be fun, but it's not. Yeah, I was hoping to give it like a weirdly positive review, and I'm. I mean, I'll finish it because now I'm just getting mostly. No, Iron I have brew. to. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just getting Iron Brew at this point, it's but a, it's, a, it's a thing of pride. You have to finish this. <laughs> yeah, Mac. What are your what's your take on it?
2: I- I'm still confused. Um, <laughs> I think part of it. Maybe, maybe if the iron brew was colder, because we didn't really have that too cold. Yeah, yeah. these were both there's like room temperature.
1: So they weren't cold. I'd argue a good drink shouldn't have to depend on the temperature. Agree. A bad drink would. But I don't. But I don't. <laughs> I don't disagree. I think if it was chilled, yeah, it'd be a l- cellar temperature. Yes. Cellar temperature. It might be at least tolerable. Yeah, I think maybe that's part. Maybe that's the trick. Well, now I gotta because yeah. there's a little. What are you doing? <laughs> He's going all in There's now. An open beer—you don't leave an open beer. <laughs> I mean, a little Guinness and mostly Iron Brew—it starts to taste like Coca-Cola.
2: Yeah. Now that you've said that, now that because that, I was trying to figure out what exactly that that taste was, and it does taste more like flat Coke now. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And what I just did when I poured that Guinness in, I didn't pour it over a spoon, so it mixed with the Iron Brew that was in there. It tastes like a like a a, a rancid cherry Coke. It's, I, got a little, it's like I was about I get to the... follow your
1: your lead. No, here, but and now well, got it's, me
0: I won't say rancid. All right, fine. It's not rancid. Tastes wonderful, like a cherry coke.
2: <laughs> um, we are getting a few people saying mixing it together and better. not Pouring it over the spoon is better. So, yeah, so we yeah. are getting a few people are just pouring over the spoon for the visual. Honestly, yeah.
0: oh yeah. Oh, so you do it for yeah. the gram, Eric? Just for the yeah. That's what the kids say now, you do it for the <laughs> gram,
1: son. Right, right.
0: Yeah, this tastes like a funky soda now. Kisoda. Like a like a cream ale.
1: Yeah, I was about to say like I almost a, have a vanilla. Yeah, vanilla creamy. Okay. Yeah. So that's our tip, I guess, is don't don't well, bother with the visual.
0: Oh, do the visual. Take the picture and then swirl it all together. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that good, huh? I don't know. I'm still confused, like Max. I know. My brain hurts with this. It's. That's not all. that's gonna hurt.
2: Just give it. A, <laughs> just give it a while. Uh, uh-huh. was is, is iron brewers a, a hangover cure right so this just yes. should, should cancel each other yeah, out exactly <laughs> you're gonna be like wide
0: awake from the sh- from the sugar <laughs> drunk from the guinness and you won't have a hangover exactly oh <sighs> yeah it's something
1: i mean i don't want to waste it i know uh, no we gotta
0: kill it you gotta do it all right while we're while we're suffering through this mac score one to
2: ten I- i'm going five because i'm still confused I'm going right in the middle of the road. I I could go either way with this.
0: Even that high?
2: (sighs) Yeah, I'm just going to get five. Middle of the road. Okay.
1: Yeah, like a really, really sweet Guinness now. And that's what the people who like it said that, I mean, it was basically just, it was Guinness, but sweet was the thing I I remember from the one in video I watched. Yeah, when you mix it, you definitely get that. All right, so we
2: are getting a few people saying it it is better cold, and the one guy here, Chuck, just says that it was his is almost near frozen. So, in temperature, might have something to do with this. Okay. Um.
1: So, Eric, score one to ten. Four point two. Four point two. It's a novelty, and yeah, okay, I'll try it again sometime at home, cold. But I wouldn't go out and waste my Guinness and my Iron Brew on this again. 4.1. Four point one. It improves on the Guinness for me, but it, it definitely so you're, you're tenth lower yeah. than my score. I yeah. Think I said four point two, right? Uh I think I said four point two. I don't remember okay. what you said. Hell <laughs> oh, no. The peanut the peanut calorie on oh, now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's our review
0: of the uh, the gritty fuel. So yeah,
1: I, I think that I think <laughs> we can put this to bed. <laughs> Wait for the next If day, you have know. ideas for oddball things we can do, we like doing the scotch, and we want to continue doing the scotch. But once in a while, it's fun to change it up. If you have ideas for something like this we should try on the show, let us know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Did, was there any clear winner on the naming of it?
2: Uh, there was quite a few names going around. Any, so other any There, were, there other. was
1: write-in candidates. Are there any that are repeatable?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, we did have quite a few. Um, uh, Black and brew uh, was seemed to be one of the, hot, uh, the popular ones. Yeah, I think I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. There were there was there was a few that we we probably shouldn't say back on air. Um, but yeah, there. Love you
1: guys. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, we've we've had a we've had a good amount here. Um, I'm just gonna be doing that the rest of the show. I'm just gonna be like. Yeah. I'm all making right. Making some faces. I'm I'm moving my mini bar out of the way here. Yeah. I'm gonna dim this back to the hell it came from. <laughs> is that on camera? Should I move the table more? No, you're good, Eric. Is it on <sighs> Alright. Rusty harp. Rusty harp was the one. Rusty harp. That... Rusty harp. Rusty harp? Is that like is that like a okay. rusty venture? <laughs> if you know that then you're a nerd. You know what I'm referencing there.
0: All right. Boys and girls, load in your questions. Anything culture-related, Guinness and Iron Brew-related for some odd <laughs> reason, load them on in. We will happily answer whatever questions you have to throw at us as best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Eric,
1: we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, and this is a question that we got some time ago, and it caused quite a bit of thought. For both of us actually so i'm thinking this is a yeah, know good starting point this is a good starting point and we may we may discuss quite a bit but uh gary vaught vaught i hope i'm pronouncing that right gary uh who's one of our youtube viewers had basically sup said g <laughs> sup g he had said that he uh his story is basically he bought a utility kilt uh at fair he paid around 150 bucks for it and it's one of the uh the black canvas with the tartan insets um he's saying that you as far it. as you could tell the the tartan insets on the kilt were kind of a flannel-like material as opposed to the main body of the kilt being canvas. And it was starting to show some dirt, so he tried to wash it in the machine and then laid it out to dry. You know, best practices like we describe. Um, tried very carefully to press it, but he's not getting good results. He's saying, I'm still unable to get satisfactory results. Is there any other way to do this? Or basically, is this a... Uh, I'm just going to have to chalk this up to a lesson learned. Because right now, it's really not presentable in public. It feels like I'm going to have to use it as just a chores around the house kilt only. Basically, he's worn it, washed it once, and now it's looking like shite. Excuse my language. Yeah, There's a lot to unpack with that story.
0: Yeah, it's... Ironing kilts to have insets in the pleats can be a bit tricky. Um, I think they tend to be Mm box-plated.
1: Um... Yeah, you, didn't you have one of those, or no? I've never had a, an inset, tartan inset one. I wanted one. Because right. I'm, I'm in the camp of thinking that they're kind of a cool, <clears throat> you know, modern expression. Um, but my concern was always that I would not be able to find one that was of a sufficient quality level that I'd feel comfortable with it. Right. I mean, there's some really cool things out there, but I cannot tell personally the difference between one that's made to a decent level of quality and one that's basically a novelty product right 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 and i'm afraid what he happened to get is a novelty kilt essentially Um, yeah the the my my
0: my sense on it um is the ones i've seen tend to be acrylic insets in the pleats and then cotton uh for the for the actual outer layer um so it's there's a little bit of concern it will the cotton shrink where the acrylic won't um will the cotton take wrinkles differently than the acrylic? Um, how do you, you can iron it. It may be a little bit more tricky to iron when you mix fabrics like that, that don't have the same shrink rate or, or don't both iron the same way. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. It's when we, when we first started, we would use uh, way, way back in my day. Um, back, you know, when we first started USA Celts, we would use basically whatever kind of fabric. We could find, this is before we knew of the mills to get the stuff from, before we had any sources. We would just kind of buy fabric that we found on Fabric Row down in Philadelphia, and not all of it was suited for a kilt. So luckily, we kind of, you know, we figured out, you know, where to get the fabric from. You know, we learned of all the mills in Scotland, and we started opening up accounts with all the mills. So we figured it out pretty quickly, so there wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, with our name on it of lesser quality fabric. Um, but ultimately, <clears throat> there's, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one. The uh, when, when we design a product, there, there's a couple different ways and, and thought processes when you design something. <clears throat> one is you want it to be able to sell. So some companies will start with the end result and say, I want to think of the coolest thing. I want to make sure it looks good. I want to make sure it'll sell as a product. So we don't waste all the time with the R and D in getting it to market. Um, we do that, but at the same time, a parallel train of thought, so to speak, um, is we're going to start with what is a cool design and simultaneously what is going to be the best yeah, materials to use, you know, things, you know, processes to use up front for the longevity of the product to make sure that it is going to last a long time. And it's not just going to be something that looks meh after a wash or two, yeah. um, or it's going to be easier to take care of. Um, and you're not going to have problems with, you know, shrinkage of, you know, the acrylic shrinking at a different rate than the cotton, that kind of thing. Did he say anything about the, the, the fabrics shrinking he at different levels? No, he, he, doesn't, just,
1: he doesn't mention the behavior of the fabrics, just that he was having a really hard time pressing it and getting the wrinkles out so it looked decent. So right. I think he's running into the technical problem, like you said, about the fact that it's box pleats, and he's running into the fact that, um, I would assume, Gary, correct us if, if you're watching, and I'm wrong, um, that, yeah, the, the fabrics are behaving differently. He maybe it's like, do you use the same setting on your iron for one half of the kilt versus the other? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's if only it were that easy yeah seriously um, so he didn't go into that kind of level of detail but he I guess what I'm picking up from the question really is the sense of he's got buyers remorse that he paid 150 bucks for this and the fact that he bought it uh, bought it at fair um, also makes me think in terms of the fact that he probably bought it as an impulse buy um, which is these these are things I always try to tell people to be careful of Um <clears throat> Buying a kilt on impulse is never really a good idea, um, in my estimation, and uh, it's really easy to fall into that trap when you're at a really exciting event. You know, it's it's almost like buying the concert t-shirt. You've but, had, yeah, you've had you, know, <laughs> yeah. you got a little
0: bit of liquid courage. You know, the yeah. first strings are a little bit looser. Yeah, no,
1: so you know, yep. I want to be part oh, of the I guys. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, kind of <laughs> thing. But um, yeah, um, and it's it can be very hard to assess the quality of what you're buying on the spur of the moment. I mean, if you're in an online group like kilts and culture or something you can ask friends about vetting the company or find out if anybody's ever had a kilt like the one you're considering and if you're taking your time you're gonna be a lot safer it's common sense right um but i think the problem is he bought a kilt on impulse it probably looked really cool hanging there i mean i've seen pictures of these things online and that's why i've wanted one because i think the black modern kilt with the with the tartan insets is really cool i'd love to have one for like you know going to concerts or you know just kicking around for you know (coughs) non-formal events just just for fun you know it'd be great with the concert t-shirt or something right but it's not necessarily just because something looks cool doesn't mean it's uh good quality and if it's and if the company making it is assuming it's going to be a novelty project a novelty product which will be in fashion for a couple years and then not sell as well they're probably not going to invest the same amount of effort into making it
0: solid yeah, like and, you were saying. So, and we're not we're not disparaging any particular company or anything like that. Yeah. It's just the, the the overall. There's different ways to come at a new product. Um, I'm reminded of a story now that we're talking about fair. The uh, my wife, God love her. The uh, <clears throat> we were at uh, uh, we were in the shop, and a longtime customer of ours came in with his daughter and soon to be son in law. They were all Renfair people. They go to the Renfair all the time, and. Uh, the, the guy brought in, the, the, the future son-in-law brought in the kilt that he had purchased at Fair. And uh, uh, we were like, oh yeah, bring it out, let me see you know the one that you have. And the reason that he came to us is because he wanted his wedding kilt. And the one he had from Fair wasn't that great, from his words. Mm. And um, he brought in a, like, a, a black watch, I'll call it black watch, and that's being generous. <laughs> Walmart-type flannel fabric, set size about an inch um piece of cloth sewn like pleats kind of half sewn in it um brought it in and we kelly and i looked at it and uh he was like yeah yeah i got this my kill from fair i bought this it was 150 bucks or 200 bucks or something like that and kelly said how much was that and he was like yeah i know i overpaid for it it was 200 and her head whipped over to me and she's like that's it we're going to rent fair. We're going to sell our kilts. I going to put that company out of business. There's no way anyone <laughs> should charge $200 for this POS. That's being polite. <laughs> I know your wife. So <laughs> and yeah, get away manage, with yeah. it. No, they're ripping people off. We got to put them out of business. So that's Kelly next year. We went to rent there, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, there are, there are differing levels of quality. And again, the, the, I'm not talking about particular, the, the, uh, the inset pleat kilts, but Different companies will charge different amounts for different things and it's just what the market will bear They're gonna charge what yeah. they think they can get away with and yeah. what people are willing to pay.
1: Yep And I think the uh, for people who are not into kilts the way we are or most of you guys are I'm assuming The more exotic something seems the more likely it is you will accept the price that's presented to you You've never seen a kilt before in your life You've never shopped for a kilt before in your life when you see one in the flesh. You're gonna be like That's so weird. It's so unique. It's so awesome. I gotta have it 200 Okay, I guess that's what they cost. And that's why impulse is such a dangerous thing. Um, A little education can go a long way. So, And, uh, yeah, I don't know any manufacturers who make the insect kilts. I know retailers who sell them, but I don't (coughs) know any manufacturers who are making them. For all I know, there's some of the smaller utility kilt artisanal companies in the States who are making them, and they're fine. Um, but i'm afraid that what he got is more likely a made in pakistan version yeah
0: no the vast majority are made in pakistan yeah. um so. of the inset ones
1: i believe angry bastard Did does an one? inset one okay um but he w- him i would trust yeah he's a nice guy yeah um well i've seen his stuff yeah so
0: um and there may be one other one that's done them um yeah. but it's not yeah it's it's not something that's super common and i would i would i would hazard a guess an educated guess that the vast majority are coming out of Pakistan. Yeah, because the insets tend to be like neon colors, um,
1: or like you know the bright right. green Irish one. Right, or, right. You, know, you can tell there's some acrylic like or something in there. Yeah. It's it's the really, what yeah. dyes that they like to use for the. In, and that's uh, not disparaging it. If
0: you want to pay, if if the price was a hundred bucks and it's worth it to you, and it's just a fun knock around casual thing, how about it?
1: There's nothing the, wrong with it necessarily. And they're, they're, now, there's also the ones that do the flag colors. So if you're buying one because the insets are a flag color combo that you want, then you're buying it for a different reason, you know? And there may not be any other options for buying it. In which case, okay. Just accept the fact that it may look cool for a while, but not last. But if you want it because you want to represent, then okay, yes. Yeah. just be aware. I I'd, I'd, uh,
0: Directly to his question, I'll give this 20, 30 second response. If you want to try to press it and you're having a problem with it, use a press cloth. Take a either an old bed sheet that's you know ripped up or whatever, or a handkerchief that's you know a foot by a foot, um, you know, white cotton handkerchief, get it wet, get it damp, you know, wring it out a little bit, and then lay the kilt out, put the press cloth on it, and you know, iron on top of the press cloth. That way you're not shining the cotton more than the acrylic or vice versa. It's it's you're protecting the cloth itself. When you're actually pressing it,
1: okay, so that could get around the mixed mix of fabrics. It could problem. help to
0: get around it, yes. As okay. far as the the shining of the fabric, the burning of the fabric, okay, it won't get around a, if there is any shrinkage. It won't get around right. that. That's right. done by the washing machine and yeah. drying. But
1: yeah, it is. But wash delicate on cold. Yeah, which you tend to say anyway. But um, yep. Yeah, what if it? What if the inset's shrunk in the? No, the insects, the acrylic no, wouldn't. Okay, so you're just like, it's the, the, outside, the outside is going to The outside shrink, would shrink. And then it, yeah. oh, so it's going to be all fiddly-piddly, wrinkly, bunchy.
0: Yeah, or or the, the insects would kind of like be, be
1: sticking out underneath right. the bottom, maybe. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. That's, Indeed. Yeah. I hope that long-winded answer helps you. I hope some of the out there is making good, serious quality ones, because I do think it's a cool idea. If for, a certain, for a certain look, I think it's pretty awesome. But, so, I hope that helps, Gary. Yeah. Cool, Mr. Mack. What do we got or, coming or was there, in? Was there follow up on that that interwebs. we should be aware of?
2: Or there was a lot a of, lot of discussion going on about that. Okay. Um, so there's there's some good good movement on the uh, on the online feeds, as it were. Should we
1: address the elephant in the room? There has been. A lot we go of, further. A yeah. lot Did you just call dis- me
0: fat or Republican?
1: <laughs>
2: I'm
1: not sure which. Neither was intended.
2: <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, but well, yes, we haven't gotten to either one of those. So. Yes. So what tartan are you wearing back there, Mac? Oh, what tartan do I have on? Yes, we're going to go over to tartans today. The, the one the one that no one can see?
0: <coughs> exactly. Yeah, the,
1: we got to uh, fix that somehow.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Up kilt cam? <laughs> I, I don't think we want to fix that. We don't need a camera that's under a the table there, that's Chief. That's a different show. <laughs> T- table cam? <laughs> um, it's the Stuart of Appen hunting weathered.
1: Oh, so pretty. Mm-hmm. I think we should have Caroline take a shot of him after the show and then i can at least put it up in the edited version later so we can have mac showing sure. off his tartan i think that'd be fair sure yeah what tartan do you have on there I'm, Eric? i don't i am wearing a tweed kilt today i wanted to experiment with doing the uh dressed up neo edwardian kind uh, of okay. day day fancy fancy day shop day <gasps> so i got my tweed kilt Bronze accessories. My watch chain does not match, unfortunately, but I do not have a bronze <gasps> watch chain. I'm How dare you, sorry, sir? Sorry, guys. Bum, bum, bum. My apologies. Yes, but, indeed. But I do have a 120-year-old tie tack, so very pretty. And it's a rampant lion. You probably can't see that. But. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, can't see. It. No, it's actually <laughs> a coin. It's a Belgian coin, belonged to like my great grandfather or something. Hmm. But it's a rampant lion. So nice. Yeah, good stuff. What are you wearing there, Rocky? I am wearing the and culture tartan. A once I, proud and yes. noble tartan before it was yes. turned into pants. Now I have a crotch. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, yes
0: I have done it. <laughs> I have a pair of trues. Um yeah, there this actually these are those aren't trues. aren't trues. Yes, they're those, trousers. Yeah, they're, yeah, trousers. they're tartan trousers. They're not trues. Um Yes, when we when I designed the kilts culture tartan. For the show and for our Facebook group, I just went a little little crazy because I hadn't had a tartan for a while. So I had a tartan vest made to go with my kilt, and then I had a pair of uh, tartan trousers made. Um, it is warm in here, so they're a little bit itchy, um, mm. but I have to suffer from my art, so right to on. speak.
1: I get that. Um, yeah. It, w- it was something that I just wanted to do just as a goof, just to monkey around with it. And now... For those occasions that come up so often where your wife says you can't wear a kilt to this event, you've got a compromise solution, right? Exactly. I'll do what I want. Now what I want is a picture of you in the full tartan suit. The whole thing, the whole shebang, the jacket, the vest. Jacket? No, I don't have a jacket in this. Oh, you didn't get a jacket? No, no, no. Okay. Because I
0: I had it when I did the uh, the Pennsylvania tartan wool, I had a kilt jacket and vest, and I never wore the jacket, so just Mm -hmm. a waste of money. Um the or I should say I didn't wear it often. Um, so I did the vest and I did the kilt. Now how about vest, kilt, and pants? Huh? No. Uh, uh
1: no. No, I shouldn't do
2: that. Oof, um, uh, <coughs> if you're gonna do it, you might as well go all out and go in shepherd's check.
1: You should wear that those those trousers <laughs> with the shepherd's check vest. There we go. Yeah. Uh uh, I think or I, or you could go subtle and have a a, I think sh- my Guinness a check, was back check shirt. <laughs> you know, just a very tiny tiny little houndstooth like micro houndstooth uh dress yeah, shirt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, it's
0: I I wanted to wear the vest with these, but it's a little bit short um cuz they Well, right, you got to cut to go kilt. Yeah, I know. they I was yeah. I was hoping hoping that it was going to be like a little bit long that I could kind of get away with it, mm. but I saw black between the bottom of the vest and the top <sighs> of, the, of the pants. Right. So I was like, nah, I'll just
1: do the the, the old man golf thing. See, I, that's a- exactly, I keep wanting to just go grab his golf clubs, you know? This <laughs> is just the nine iron for this one, so. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there you go. Indeed. Pants day. Yes, pants, pants, I've done it, I'm sorry. I will
0: atone for my sins later on. That had to be done, had to mess with you guys. Mr.
2: Mack, any actual questions? Well, Kirk Kirk would like to know when the uh, the ties are coming in to go with that as well. So then you could go, you could go <coughs> uh, full on, full on. You can add the tie, and then uh, there was also a question about a flat cap too. So you can go complete. Ooh. Now the uh, the 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 wool fabric we actually did
0: in sixteen ounce, so it doesn't go real well for a tie. It's a bit heavy for a tie. Um, excuses, excuses. I know. <laughs> well, one and. One thing, because Lucas will yell at me if I don't mention this. Um, We stopped doing pants and trues in Tartan. Um, What we ended up finding was like, I'd say 20% of them didn't fit, 20, 25%, either didn't fit or fit, you know, like snug in the crotch. Like there was was just things
1: wrong with way too many of them because they're all custom made. Yeah, I will point out, we are not the ones who made them. It was a tailor in Scotland who was making them for us. So...
0: Yes, and I'm not throwing them under the bus. Yeah, not, what I'm not, saying not is, I don't want to
1: throw them or us under the bus. No, but, there,
0: there's too many, there's too many potential, you know, yeah. screw-ups between customer measuring themselves or between, or us measuring the customer sometimes, sometimes measuring themselves and then having them made, making sure that they don't, that they fit. Um, but the the tailor is over in Glasgow and the customer is here in the States and they're not necessarily yeah. in our, in our area. Um, so there was just too many, too many variables, too many issues. And we just said... Done. No more trues. Right. Done. So this is the last pair of trues that we will get, at least for now, till somebody pays us an exorbitant amount of money.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Mr. Mack. Moving on. All real right.
2: questions. So now we're going to uh, actually get to a real, a real question this time. So we have Sophie asking, is it okay for someone with no known Scottish heritage t- to really be into tartan?
1: Yes. Yeah. I
0: am (laughs) the, uh, Uh, I just, I don't really have Scottish heritage. I have some Irish, I have some English, I have mostly German. Um, I just wanted to wear a kilt in my mid twenties, fell in love with it, kind of just had to experience all things Scottish, you know, jumped in with both feet and then some, um, started a company and you know, 18 years later, here we are, um, So no, you don't have to have Scottish heritage to wear a kilt. Um, If you feel weird wearing a particular tartan that you're not associated with, there are plenty of non-Clan tartans. The kilts and culture tartan, there's Scottish national, Ireland's national, German-American, German heritage, American heritage. There are tons of universal tartans that anyone can wear that aren't necessarily associated with a Scottish clan.
1: Yep. Uh, Tartan as a technology um, plaid, use the more colloquial, not really accurate term, goes back to the Bronze Age. Um, The earliest examples of a tartan-like fabric is actually from uh, Caucasian, Caucasoid mummies that have been found in the steppes of China. Um, Like, prehistoric stuff, okay? So the technology has been around for a long, 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 long time. It's not unique to Scotland. Now, Scotland basically created the art form of tartan as we know it, and, and came up with, you know, turning it in, turning it into a more, <clears throat> more elevated thing. Um, but you'll even find tartan or plaid patterns in fabric in Japan. You know, there's there's silks in in kimono that you'll see. Um, it's a world thing; it, it exists in many parts of the world. Um, being into tartan in the Scottish tradition, no, uh, you can enjoy it no matter what. Um, the only thing we usually recommend is um, try to be a sincere student of the culture while you're doing it. Don't just uh, go and buy a Burberry coat because you like it and just, you know, jaunt around in it. You know, if you're wearing a tartan and it might have some history behind it, then you might want to look it up. You know, have a a sense of where it came from and what you're uh, getting your ideas from and what culture you're honoring. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm rambling a little bit. I blame the Iron Burr. Yeah, there's not a lot of culture and heritage to the Burberry tartan. But
0: (laughs) if it's a clan tartan... Then yes.
1: Yeah, just that was the first yeah, generic yeah. generic Understood. example I could think Not of. No. But yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, yeah, I'm a mixed heritage. Also, I theoretically have uh, some Stewart on my uh, mom's side and some Campbell on my dad's side, which is a really funky mix. Internal conflict. But right, yeah, right? but I'm mostly mostly uh, German Norwegian. So, but yeah, it's uh, I've I've been passionate about this stuff for 20 years. It's just yeah, people come to it. From all walks of life and all backgrounds, so we just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, and generally speaking, the Scots embrace others embracing their
0: culture. So long as you're a sincere student and you're not doing it as a caricature of what they're doing, they're yeah. they're fine with other people having fun and enjoying their culture. It's not like it's like no, you you shouldn't do it because you're not from Scotland or. There's probably a, there's probably you know a percentage of those. There's always going to be somebody. Yeah. There's there's jerks in every culture. Right. Period. Um, but the vast majority of Scots that I've spoken to have th- just generally think it's awesome when I go over for a trade show and I'm just you know around Glasgow, around Edinburgh, whatever. Um, when I tell them I'm an American kilt maker, they think that's crazy and it's awesome. Right. It's like, wait, you do what in America? Really? Like, yeah. There's a you yeah know, you can you can make a living doing that yeah we do yep. so yep exactly
1: now don't go to Scotland and assume they all know everything there is about your clan or their own clan that's There's true that that's true but uh, you know don't 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 let not being Scottish stop you from enjoying an amazing cultural product yes okay I'm tired. Me too. It's a power nice. outage, man. It's been.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the record, Oof. we had we had tornadoes and hurricanes, and all kinds of stuff come through here. Um, Dogs and cats living Eric, together. I know it's it, crazy. Eric and I both lost power. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, T- Tuesday.
2: Was it Tuesday? Uh, yeah, no, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Lost power Tuesday. Mine came on last night at three in the morning, and yours is still out. Correct.
1: Yep. Yeah. So <sighs> awesome. It's fun. Indeed. When you really learn to appreciate your oil lamps uh, and power, <laughs> when you get back, yes, All exactly. Right. Um, shall I do you want, yes? Okay, um, this came in very recently. Uh, this was um, from uh, Charles Marx, uh, and he was wondering, this is kind of a callback. He was, uh, you remember the movies that came out last year, year and a half, basically Outlaw King and uh, yeah, yeah. the Bruce, um, with what's his name, Angus uh, McFadden. Um, he knew that we had talked about them at the time, but he was wondering, Charles was, if we had had a chance to go back and com- compare and contrast them, and what and what we thought of them. Who so, did, pop uh, culture question.
0: Who was the Outlaw King actor? Chris Pine, was that his name? Sure. He was. He did the Star Trek, Captain Kirk, young Captain Kirk guy or whatever? No idea.
2: I, mm.
1: I believe you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you see either of the movies or no? Nope. <clears throat> Not yet. Okay. I have my reasons, but are they honorable, sir? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the
0: I saw both of them. Um, I've seen, you know, obviously Braveheart as the uh, taking historical accuracy completely out of the discussion. Um, using Braveheart as the gold standard for a Hollywood blockbuster, you know, ton of money in a movie, good actors, good acting, fun, good lines, well written, well produced. Um, okay. Not the, accurate. Not accurate at all, but it's fine. It's it's a story. Um, Outlaw King, I thought was... I used Braveheart kind of as the yardstick, which I probably shouldn't have, but that's how I kind of I thought going into it. Like, okay, that was 95. Stuff has to be bigger and better now. The camera angles, the scenery, like everything has to be better now with the you know, technology okay. versus 95. I think Braveheart came out in 95, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting outlaw King to be as good as Braveheart. Um, the budget was definitely lower. Um, acting was okay. Um, it wasn't great. Didn't set me the world on fire. It was okay. Um, and the, uh, storyline was, or the story that, you know, the written, you know, the the lines that were written for the actors was, were okay. So I came out of it just kind of like, meh. It's, if, if I was watching it because I just want to see Scottish stuff and people talk with a Scottish accent, um, and Scottish scenery in the movie and have a little bit more historical accuracy, then fine. Um, but I was looking for more entertainment value, so I gave it like a three and a half out of 10. I wasn't really impressed. Um, Wow. So fast forward a year or whatever, whenever uh, the
1: The Bruce Bruce. came
0: out. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to like that one more. I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more blockbuster E, because it was the same guy who did the Robert the Bruce and the Braveheart movie. So I was hoping it was going to be like a continuation of the story, so to speak. I didn't delve into the whole production company and, you know, who was producing the film. Um, So I just kind of, when it came up, I was like, okay, great, I want to see it. Um, Yeah, it was, there was, the Bruce basically uh, uh, took place, time period on a very, very brief time from when he escaped the church or when he ran from the church and was being hunted down and that kind of thing. So it was like, it was a personal story about him. It wasn't a story about a bunch of different characters and how they dealt with all these different things. It was his story in a brief like uh, snippet of his life, if you will. Um, There weren't any, there weren't several huge battle scenes. There was nothing spectacular about it. Um, And I was reasonably disappointed in that one as well. Hmm. Um, Angus's acting was pretty good. um, But meh on on the overall film. It's not one that I got to put the the stamp of approval on. I'd say similar. It was better in some ways than Outlaw King. Worse in other ways than Outlaw King. As far as probably as far as budget. Um, But four out of 10, three and a half or four out of 10, somewhere in there. Huh. So yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of either. Um, some people love it and they say, nope, it's more historically accurate. I love it. They're telling a true story. They're they're trying to honor the the actual events better. Um, I was more in it for the entertainment value and was kind
2: of,
1: See, if If there's that level of respect for the uh, historiosity of either of them, and I know, I know there is some respect for it, that out there, I should give him a chance. Um, I just tend to get really gun-shy with anything... With any Hollywood movies. I mean, The Bruce intrigues me more because I know it's a, it's a UK production. And if they're trying to do just a, a small vignette of his life... With a small cast and admittedly a small budget... It's more likely that the writing will be good... And there will be less room for error. The bigger and more epical a movie gets... The more likely these are going to screw it up. And, and I'm just... I'm really... And Mac can maybe back me up on this. But I'm really jaded about uh, Hollywood movies, at least, that are historical, um, I definitely prefer fantasy movies, because I've had too many historical movies where it's like, yeah, this is great, and oh, why did they put those buckles there, you know, it's just these little things just kind of, like, ruin my suspension of disbelief, you know, I mean, I, for me, it's like, Waterloo, (laughs) favorite historical accurate movies, Waterloo, Zulu, with some qualifications, you know, just a very small handful of movies where it's like, yeah, you nailed it. It's awesome. Um, I think generally Hollywood is getting better. I think they're definitely getting more <clears throat> respectful. They're trying hard, but it's still, you know, then there's that whole patriot thing. So, um, yeah, that's why honestly I've been, you know, I haven't watched them yet. And I thought I had thought that we were going to try and watch them together at some point too, and that this whole year has just been a, a, a nightmare. Um... What are you talking about? 2020 is going fine. Yeah. But, you know, I was, I was hoping for the company party. You know, yeah, so I know. Those of us who want the entertainment movie <coughs> could give their perspective. Those of us who are the history nerds could give our perspective, but, um... So, I will watch them and let you guys know what I think, but, uh... Um... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, it's been said before that a movie does not have to be historically accurate to be inspiring or good entertainment, and sometimes being historically accurate will interfere with a, a film's <coughs> ability to entertain. Um... So, yeah, Mac, did you see either of them? Mac's off in his I, own world.
2: You, no, uh, sorry, <laughs> I had to
1: bring the, uh, get the
2: computer back up. The, uh, I saw the... Outwalking? Yes, I saw that. That was on, was that Netflix. on Netflix? Yeah. I remember seeing that. I don't remember much about it from <laughs> seeing it. Yeah, it,
0: okay. it didn't it didn't make a lasting impression.
2: There was no, like,
0: single, there wasn't, like, a a bunch of great one-liners or great lines in the movie. It's not like Tombstone. Um, Yes, absolutely. Ian, if you're watching, Tombstone Uh, is the best Western of all freaking time, dude. Um, No, it's not like Tombstone where there's a lot (laughs) of great, there's not a lot of great, like, one-liners in the movie. There's not, no funny parts, it's, like, it's, meh. Sorry, Mac, I didn't mean to jump on your answer there.
2: No, you're fine. Fair enough. All right. Who was that? You? That was me, Mr. Mac. Next question. Your turn. All right. Well, I think we're gonna, we'll shift it here to uh, a question from uh, Greg. It's actually the questions from his eight year old daughter. Huh. So that's cool. It's something that's it's new, a little, a little different. Getting them in young. Yep. She's wanting to know: Do little girls wear kilts in Scotland? No. Um,
0: no. Generally, little girls don't wear kilts in Scotland. They would wear like jumpers for their school, especially if they go to a Catholic school or some private school, something like that. Um, but typically kilts are worn by men. Women would wear either a mini kilt, which your dad probably doesn't want you to wear, or a, a kilted skirt or a skirt or like an A-line skirt that's a little bit longer past the bottom of the
1: knee. Unless they're Highland dancers, in which case they would be wearing a specifically designed <clears throat> dancing kilt for doing Highland Dance. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I think your dad should totally pay for the lessons and get you involved as soon as possible because it is adorable, so. Yes, and very, very expensive. <laughs> no, that has nothing to do with it. Don't worry, don't let the cost get in the way. This is about your heritage. Yes, if your
0: dad loves you, he would absolutely <laughs> pay anything, any amount of money at yep. all
1: to get you involved in Highland Dancing, <laughs> Yep. Yep. But nowadays, nowadays, uh, little girls in Scotland will wear clothes because they <clears> think <throat> it looks cool, looks cute. You know, just like here in the United States. It's basically fashion is fashion, you know, in, in Scotland or the UK or any part of North America. Um, so they don't really wear, the, wear kilts as a traditional thing, except for maybe special occasions. Like Rocky said, they might have a, a tartan outfit for a wedding um, or uh, some other big occasions in their life that their family is doing. So, now, their great-great-great-great-great-grandmothers wore some very special outfits called uh, Erisades, which was kind of like a great kilt for women. And your dad can probably help you find pictures of those online. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, a a thing you could wear as a great kilt, like you've seen Highlander guys wearing great kilts, or wrapped around like a shawl, uh, things like that. But they'd be wearing it with a dress like you'd see in something like Outlander, if you've ever heard of the show, uh, or some movies, you know, so there's, there's that. There's a tradition of women wearing kilt-like things, but do little girls today wear them? Not really unless it's a special occasion, and then it's something like we were talking about with the kilted skirts. Yep, Scotland and the UK in general is not dislike
0: America. Like, they dress pretty much the same way we dress. They mm-hmm. talk a little funny, but they talk pretty <laughs> much the same that we talk. Um, they eat the same, for the most part, same kind of foods that we eat with pizza and stuff like that. They have a lot more Indian food and curry. But um, outside of that, it's it's reasonably similar cultural-wise to
1: wherever you live in the U.S. And that's, to, to get on the adult side of things, that's one thing to keep in mind if you go there, is that Scotland does not exist in a time capsule. It is not like you're going to go there and see everybody running around in a kilt and everybody uh, speaking Gaelic and... It's a modern, vibrant, living country. You know, it's it's that's that's the, the, the biggest problem, I think, with people being ugly Americans when they travel to Scotland is expecting everything to be... Quaint. Quaint. Old-timey. Quaint. And I got that on top of mind because we just finished doing our King George video, and one of the points we make there is that Highland tourism actually started way back in, like, the late 18th century with people going, oh, let's go up to the north to the Highlands and see the primitive people with their quaint way of life amid the beautiful scenery you know and if you go in with that kind of attitude you're a jerk <laughs> so um email to be blunt
0: started in use in the highlands in 2016 back before then, they were still using carrier pigeons it's true to to true. Uh, send messages back and forth yep. in fact
1: yep yep they only stopped riding on highland coups a few you know like in the 70s i think yeah, they, they they thought, well, maybe we'll try this automobile thing. But up until then, everybody rode on cows. Or yeah. if you were wealthy, you'd have two cows and you'd have a chariot. Best color rouge for women? Wode blue. It's true. Yes. It's true. But you had to put it on in a certain pattern to designate your family. You'd have basically uh, the initials of your last name. You know, first name on this side and last name on this side. You know, so people who knew who you were from a distance. Don't believe anything that we say on this. Yep. All right, Mac. I love the fact that we got a question from a kid, though. I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that a Hopefully, lot, we didn't actually. curse too
0: much earlier in the episode.
1: Whoops, <laughs> but that, I don't know. It's authentic, right? it's fine. Yeah. My wife curses more. That's true. All right, should do <clears throat> one? Yes, the right head. Should have asked that after I took a cup of water. Um,. Uh Kendo Shane asked us: Has the Isle of Sky tartan become sort of like the new Black Watch? Uh, it seems to be popping up all over the place in rentals, and more and more frequently you see it for sale. Is it like the new ubiquitous tartan, um, or is Black Watch still the Black Watch? The <laughs> Black Watch still king. Um, I, I would say,
0: I wouldn't say that uh, uh, Isle of Sky is the new Black Watch. I would say that there's a lot of new Black Watches. Um, Blackwatch is one of the more ubiquitous tartans that everyone has or, you know, sells, everyone rents and that kind of thing. Blackwatch is still keen to be rented or hired over in Scotland, especially in the U.S. as well. In Scotland, there's, there there are several rental companies that will rent Isle of Sky, but the trends currently aren't necessarily just like, okay, Isle of Sky and Blackwatch and Royal Stewart what a lot of the companies in Scotland are doing is they're designing fashion tartan based on colors. Um, the When you go to rent a kilt in Scotland, if you are renting a kilt, either you want to rent your own name, and if your name isn't Douglas Stewart McDonald or Campbell, it, it, there's less chance of you being able to actually rent your name tartan. Um, so knowing that you probably won't get to rent your own name, they're offering a lot more options for universal or fashion or made up tartans that anyone can do. And what they tend to be doing now is they're taking more popular wedding colors and they're incorporating those colors into black gray type tartans and basically providing a a great option for brides to be happy and groomsmen not to be representing someone else's clan that they're not a part of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Isle Sky is a reasonably popular one. I checked out. Um, I'm always, you know, poking around different people's websites and stuff. And a lot of the rental companies, I'd say of the rental companies in Scotland that I was poking around with, um, maybe 25 or 30% offer Isle of Sky specifically. A lot of them have their own exclusive tartan, that is their own one that you can only get yeah. from them. Um, that way, you have to go to them if that's the one that you want to rent, um, and some company. But some companies do still offer Isle of Skye as an option because, frankly, it's a good-looking tartan.
1: Right, right, yeah. So I, that's there, my... there was one company I looked at recently where um, I can't remember which one, but they do a, they do a large hire business, and they had adopted a district tartan as their flagship, as I recall. Um, okay. I can't remember which one it was for the life of me, but it was you know one of the more subdued. It's kind of a little bit like Maple Leaf in, in its look, but it was, you know, very subdued, earthy kind of tones. But it was basically, they, they, the one section of their website kept talking about how this was their, their hot, special, if you really want to look unique and fashionable, this is the tar- tartan you should get. And it's actually a district tartan, I think, from where their headquarters is. So okay. they kind of adopted it as their pet tartan, if you will. Um, so, yeah, there's any number of ways that they want to differentiate themselves from each other. Um, so they'll do that, but Isle of Skye is one of the most beautiful tartans ever designed, by a lot of people's estimation. So it's not surprising that it's as popular as it is. I mean, yeah. We have it on the wall, don't we? Is it even on the wall somewhere? Right behind you. There it is. Yeah. Yep. There she is. So, yeah. But is it? Has it replaced Black Watch? No. No. I don't
0: think anything <clears throat> will replace Black Watch because no. I would say this as well. A lot of guys are afraid of color, so Black Watch is navy black. In bottle green, it's not very colorful. It's generally very darker and subdued. So, it, it, a lot of guys don't mind it, and you see it everywhere. So, it's you know, it's one of those like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what tartan looks like. Yeah, done, do that one.
1: Right, and because it has some story behind it, being the government set and you know all the history behind it, sometimes that will attract guys to it. It'll, it'll always have a certain cachet yes. because of because of how it started and how old it is. So, yes, I agree. It's a foundation stone of tartan really. Indeed, the yeah. foundation. Yeah. Cornerstone. It's a cornerstone yeah.
0: tartan. Well, how many tartans are freaking, you know, designed based on Blackwatch? It's just Blackwatch with yes. a stripe or Blackwatch yes. with two stripes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Indeed. Mr. Mac. So, so, what you're saying is everything is Blackwatch? Everything, everything is, is
1: Blackwatch. Watch. Da, da, da,
2: da.
0: Everything is cool when you're Scottish like me. Everything is Blackwatch.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did you just come up with that? I did. Off the cuff. Very nice. You could give Lucas a run for his money. I will. He's still the resident rapper in the company, though. Yes, freestyling mm-hmm.
0: Lucas L. L. Toombs, as mm-hmm. he's known. Yep. <laughs> MC Toombs. <laughs>
2: oh, oh heavens. Mr. Mac. I believe, <clears throat> isn't it time for something? It is I time for something. I think it's about that time. It's
1: time for more Guinness?
0: All right. So... Kilt Ambassador of the Month. This month, our kilt ambassador is Aixa Owens. She's a proud U.S. Navy vet and high on athlete. She not only is a super cool person, she is a beast. She's been a competitive athlete since she was little, and when she joined the Navy, she was in a bomb-loading accident. Mac, that is not the kind of accident you wanna wanna have. But the bomb loading accident, basically, it screwed up her back, and she was actually told that she was never going to walk again. Being as competitive as she is, that did not sit well with her. So she battled back through pain, through doubt, back to full strength. She started as a Highland athlete in 2016, and in her first year as a Highland athlete, she went from a C-level novice to an A-level amateur, which is a pretty big jump. Yeah. She is very passionate about Highland athletics and about help, help blah, blah, about helping women get involved in the sport. She and a friend actually even started a podcast called the Kilted Last Podcast to help promote Highland athletics to women. She wears the kilt no matter what sport she's competing competing in, and she competes in a lot of different stuff. So I'm going to raise my glass to yeah. a toughest nails Absolutely. competitor, a kilt ambassador, Ayesha Owens. Cheers. She is our Kilted Ambassador of the Month. If you want to be a Kilt Ambassador, Eric, how huh. would they go about becoming a Kilt Ambassador? Uh-huh.
1: Um, there's the most basic way you can do this is to post a photo of yourself on your Facebook or Instagram feed and tag USA Kilt uh, into whatever description you have for the photo. Tell us a little bit about why Uh, you feel like you're an ambassador, things you do in your life that you think are cool or that boost the Celtic community or what have you. It can be anything as simple as, i hiked on the Appalachian Trail all the way up to, I started a charity that has saved 150,000 lives. I mean, it could be any level of thing that you're proud of. Um, The trick is that you're into that and you're into your kilts and you show us what you look like.
0: Very good. Simple enough? Indeed. Yeah. And I would also say, uh, send us an email and say, hey, I did the thing over here on the thing.
1: Or if you know somebody who you feel is an ambassador, somebody who you really respect out there in the community, let us know about him Yep. Well, all we're trying to do is just basically give big ups to cool people doing stuff and kills. Yep.
0: Pretty much. Yep. So, if that's you, have at it.
2: <clears throat> all right, Mac. All right. Next so you, question. We've got Mikey asking, if I like this... Does his, he like it? He might... Well, he, if you likes rage. the aesthetic of the Scottish attire, but don't feel ready to wear a kilt, are there any other good starting points? Necktie. What tartan not, vest? Not tartan pants. Oh, they're itchy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm in
0: here. My little my little leg here is is just sweating. Um the uh <laughs> you're right back. I think I just <laughs> broke them. Um no, if you're if you want to wear uh, something to kind of honor your Scottish heritage, and you're not sure how to incorporate it into your daily life. Um, I'd say you could start off with a necktie. Tartan necktie is a you know classic, you know, symbol of Scottish heritage, yeah. and it also incorporates with everything else. Um, wear a tartan vest with your outfit. Um, you can wear a clan lapel badge. Um, you can wear you know a belt with you know Celtic knotwork on it. If on the very very
1: low end of expressing your Celtic heritage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. casual. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure from the basis of the question whether um, they uh, are just a fan of the look or if they are doing it as a heritage expression. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't have a clan, then don't worry about the clan thing. But um, Scottish clothing and the culture kind of feel has that old world feel to it. Um, if you want to go like smart day wear to uh, more formal than that, then, yeah, tartan options, tweeds, are a great way to to go also um if it's more casual and you're into the the celtic heritage thing from the more you know modern you know primitive kind of aspect then uh then there's all kinds of that warrior look you can go for with um again with the the knotwork on leather it's classic uh belt buckles are a classic way to do it different uh artwork on jewelry pendants uh celtic cross if you happen to be you know christian catholic whatever um, t-shirts things like that there's a number of ways to express your love of the culture casually uh, for smart day wear I think yeah a wool wool ties tartan ties yeah or a vest. Um, you know UK cut suits things like that are easy ways to do it cufflinks
2: yeah
0: you
1: know cufflinks is a good it's the, good it's one. the details yeah. you know yep think Downton Abbey a little bit
0: yeah tweed yeah just tweed in general tweed. exactly um, tweed flat cap Tweed jacket, sure. and vest. Yep. Um, yep. Tweed plus fours. <laughs> I'd wear them. a pair of plus fours. Yeah. Why not? Um, no, but uh, yeah, there, there's ways Actually, to incorporate, them. you know, little bits into the outfit to kind of pay homage to it without going whole hog into I am Mr. Scotland.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Mr. Eric, next okay. question. All right. Um. This is actually uh, another one from Charles Marx. Uh, he gave us two questions. I thought they were both pretty cool, so I saved them. Um, if you had to go back... If you had to go in the back of our warehouse, I think he assumes, and grab a great kilt to match something that would be found in 1700s Scotland, what tartan would you choose? If you had to instantly go into a phone booth and turn into Super super Highlander, dun da da with all the resources we have here at... Headquarters, what tartan would you choose to look <clears throat> like? Culloden era, pre culloden era Highlander. Um, the history thing is more your angle
0: than mine, but I'd say Shepherds Check, maybe, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or yep. like a Rob Roy, like something simple. Yep. Um, yeah, those would be the two, right off the top of my head that I would you know
1: think about. I had to think about this a lot, and I actually thought about this question enough that I took a couple of notes on some things. But I wanted to hear what Mac would say also. Do you have a, do you have a choice, or are you too busy to answer?
2: There's one that actually comes to my, my head. Okay. That uh, was actually used on a British... Uh, somebody took a piece of cloth off of a kilt, or off of a garment, and made it into the backing of a waistcoat. Okay. Um, and that was the waistcoat was worn in during the revolution, so the the piece predates that because it was supposedly his father's, um, from his father's uniform. Oh, neat. Okay, interesting. So, and I believe I'm looking, trying to look it up real quick. When you There's, say revolution, you
1: mean the American revolution? American
2: Revolution. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, I will get back to you on the tartan. Okay. I want to make sure I got the right tartan first.
1: I I. Get some of the names confused, <laughs> to be honest. So that's I took some notes. But um essentially the the what it comes down to is you could use anything you like. Um they did not uh regiment or label tartan designs the way we do now. That, as we've said many times, is a 19th-century convention that came in. So you could almost take any tartan you like and wear it to represent a 17th-century, 18th-century highland look. You just would want to get a sense for whether the colors look like colors that would have been produced with natural dyes as opposed to modern chemical dyes. Modern, modern chemical dyes, of course, being 19th century. They're not as modern as some people think. Um, but <clears throat> the ways that they find these old tartans is kind of all over the map. There's some that we know are older-dated, Because, you know, like, the one that really struck out to me was um, the Lennox tartan um, is actually based on uh, the gown of a portrait of a woman that dates to, like, the late 17th century. Okay. It's just little clues like that that you pick up. Um, Another one from a portrait was, um, and this is the one I chose. This is the one I I would go with Frasier. Um, because the earliest example of the Fraser tartan Fraser clan tartan Fraser, Fraser love Fra- it no Fraser clan tartan okay the 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 brighter one the red <clears> or <throat> reddish one okay um comes from a portrait of Robert Grant Fraser of Lurge L U R G E can you correct my Gaelic spelling okay um and that dates to like 17 <laughs> the painting dates to 1777 okay and so that's like that's like a really legit tartan that became a clan tartan right Possibly because that painting inspired a later, you know, leader of the clan. Really, he's like, that's what he wore. That's going to be what we're going to wear from now on. Um, but, but it's, it's 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 from an oil painting of him. From, but it was, from then, it was the guy's name was Grant. Yeah, but it's Robert the Fraser Tartan. Robert Grant, Fraser of Lurge. Okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Falkirk is the classic example for why you would choose something like Shepherd Check. A lot, people, a lot of people, a lot of people, think of uh, Falkirk as the original Shepherd Check, uh, Rob Roy, again being basically the um, Buffalo Check, the Red and Black. Exactly, it's basically kind of Shepherd Check, but in red. So anything simple like that is fine. Um, they just didn't catalog things the way we do, so it could be pretty much anything you like. Yeah, good to know. There's there is the there is the story. Um, there's a quote. I think it's from a, an Englishman uh 17th century talking about how um in the past the highland peoples liked their bright colors but in recent days they tend to prefer brown drab colors that they blend in with the heather when they're up in the hills and they're crouching in in the heather to hide um it's hard to say whether that's real or not but that's probably one of the inspirations for why things like the fraser tartan you see in outlander is so subdued is that people are picking up on things like that and saying oh well they obviously did these drab colors because it was camouflage but no, then you have the the actual Colladen Tartan, you know, which is really bright. Yes. So, um, and that is that so it, it was based. They tried to you know backwards engineer the colors mm-hmm. in it to match yep. what it would have looked like back then, even yep. though it kind of faded over time. And I guess and I guess Royal Stewart is based on the Bonnie Prince Charlie photo or yeah a painting photo <laughs> right. So Smiled. Yeah, and there was there's one that he there's <laughs> another see? one that he wore. Uh, I think it was was it Macrae. Yeah, it was McCray Red. See, I wrote it down. Also known as Huntley. And the, he was given... He wore that tartan once because he was given some while he was staying with them. At one point during the campaign, he was staying at their house. Okay. And they gifted him some, so he wore it. So, yeah, you'd be surprised how easy it is to choose one um, to represent the time period. Indeed. Just, as, as I always say, it's just... Don't assume it's all, like, these drab, simplistic, brown... Grey designs. They loved their color. Who would ever wear brown and grey tartan? I mean, psh, yeah. That'd to be a crazy yeah, person. Some, yeah. Yeah. Somebody who's really into urban <coughs> camouflage. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Best
2: tartan ever. <laughs> Mr. Mack. Eric that tartan was uh, Strath spray. Okay. That's okay. the one I could I just I completely drew a blank on. I had to look it up. So you're right saying way. that
1: was a continental army? It was a British.
2: It was a British but it was the backing of the waistcoat. They they he took off the the cool. original backing and put, uh the tartan on. Nice. It didn't match up either. So I think um, Okay.
1: Matt uh Newsom. Newsome? I think he did an article on it. Good old Matt Newsom. Yep. I believe so. If you're not familiar with his website, worth checking out, .org, yep. I think. Indeed. Mr. Mac, next one. Alright,
2: since we've had a record number of Twitch viewers this Record. Month, Five. Seven, Se- seven, we are blowing up Twitch. Seven. Oh, seven, we will take a question from Twitch. So, Twitch, uh, this is from Aaron. Uh, he's, I like to dress up a nice pair of jeans now and then by adding a sport coat, vest, as well as uh, brown wingtip boots. Sure, I try to keep it casual, maybe a little cool, which for Seattle is practically. Black tie. Uh, how would you approach the same idea with a kilt? The standard tweed jacket and vest, uh, quite traditional. Or I like, and I like the look a lot. I'm also looking for a way to make it a little bit more casual while still dressed, while still being dressed up, casual and kind of cool, funky. Um, if it were,
0: you could literally take the same top half of your outfit but take your tweed blazer and swap it out for a tweed, you know, kilt jacket. Yeah. Um and then just for the bottom half wear a kilt and a pair of kilt hose and a pair of either brown wingtip
1: wingtip boots. Uh, what what do they call with their they're like ankle or uh, I call them walking boots, but that's because I'm you know, yeah. a Victoria file. But yeah, yeah there's a, there's
0: another name for it. I forget what it is, but you know, okay. boots that are, you know, like eight-hole boots, they're, you know, six inches
1: or whatever off the ground. Some guys wear chuckas.
0: Yeah, that, that may be the word yeah. I'm looking for is yeah. Um But something like that as kind of a funky, you know, little bit casual-ish. Um, if you don't want to do the jacket, then I'd say uh, maybe a tweed vest, um, either unbuttoned or buttoned with like a, uh, a grandfather shirt, something like that, mm-hmm. and the same kind of footwear and kilt. That would be a nice, casual, relaxed yet funky steampunkish, to some degree. I wouldn't say, say steampunk, wouldn't say it's but you know what
1: I mean. I wouldn't say steampunkish, but uh, um, yeah, I mean it's basically the Put way gears you- on the sporing. it would be fine. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spray paint them on. Exactly. Love that one. Um, yeah, it's basically casual with a kilt is like casual with anything else. You just you don't wear the tie or you roll up the sleeves. Um, or you have a less tailored-looking shirt than a really crisp dress shirt, um, you wear the vest open instead of clothes. There's a number of ways to do it. Um, you're probably fine just trusting your instincts, like Rocky just said. You just, instead of the pants, you got the kilt. Everything else, it's the same kind of vibe. Pretty this much. Is, don't, as we always warn, don't try to use a regular suit jacket with a kilt. The proportions will be wrong. Um, but it's not hard to do a casual, sharp daywear look, um, if, you, if, you, if you do an image search on kilts, um, a lot of time you will see model photography for companies in, in Scotland, um, where you have the guy who looks like a hipster and he's got the beard and he's got some ink maybe on his arms and he's got the sleeves rolled up and he's looking, yeah, you know, but he's in a kilt. Um, it's not hard to do at all. Um, the only other thing I would maybe suggest for
0: that particular look mm-hmm. is scrunch down the kilt hose and remove the flashes. You could perhaps you could um, I it's not my personal look but I could see it being done in that
1: in that context I'll do I'll keep the kiltoes up with the flashes um, but I will wear the tie loose and you've seen me do that on the show mm-hmm. you know or just in the shop I'll just you know I'll have the sleeves rolled up and the and the tie loose I might have some leather bracelets on and just kind of mix it up that way so indeed yeah you're fine. Don't don't worry about it too much. <clears throat> I Seem to say that a lot lately It's been my catchphrase on the show. It's like you're fine. All right. Um, you look fine.
0: Don't worry about it <laughs> you totes adorbs.
1: That's <laughs> okay, uh, right <laughs> Um, I think Aaron had this question asked before Aaron from Seattle. I just crossed out your question Dun dun dun! Finally caught up with you. It we was. Not, it was, it was a, our psychic link was working. Okay. Woo-hoo. Um, Zachary on YouTube was asking us recently, um, "Can you wear a clan tartan kilt and a district tartan sash together? Yes or no?" Now, <clears throat> my question there, Zachary, is if are you asking for yourself or for a lady who you are acquainted with? Um, the combination of kilt and sash. We should probably just make that quick differentiation that a sash is women's wear traditionally, not men's wear. So the answer would be, from a traditional standpoint, if it's you, you don't do it at all. Problem solved. But, that being said... Yeah. Um, we've, We've
0: been asked before, can I, like, I'm Campbell and Stewart. Can I, you know, wear a Campbell... Necktie with a steward killed or something like that, and generally the, the 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 blanket answer is no. You do one or the other. You don't do both. You're crossing the streams. You're 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 playing for two teams. Um, you're not honoring both. You're dishonoring both. Um, is the British way to look at it. Um, from Americans, we wanna we wanna put all the parts together and have fun with all of it, but it's it doesn't quite work. Simpler is better when it comes to Highland wear stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I like this question because it's a little bit of a twist on it. What if I'm a Stuart and I'm from Glasgow? Do I wear, what, if, what if I wanted to wear the, the Glasgow district tartan as a necktie and a steward kilt? Would that be okay? <clears throat> I'd still say no because it would look a little odd, um, having two completely different ones. And if you're in Scotland, it would still be seen as not representing one or the other even though to some degree you are representing the same thing it's not viewed that way uh, a lot of people you know, we, we are geeks for this stuff we live for the minutia you think um <laughs> we have a show about it yeah um yeah so there, there are certain things that we can understand and kind of get into the finer details on things but just because we all geek out about it doesn't mean that. Every single person in Scotland wears kilts or cares about kilts or cares about the history of the Highlands or cares about tartans. I would venture to say, and I will say, that a probably majority of them don't have a kilt, don't even know what their clan tartan is or if they have a clan tartan. And that's nothing that's their fault. They're just, they're there and they're not as interested in it as we are. So if you were to wear two of two different tartans, whether it's a clan tartan and a district tartan simultaneously, over there it would still be seen as crossing the streams even if you weren't, not from a necessarily from a uh, uh, a hard rule area, but from a they didn't know that it is, they didn't see the relevance because they don't know. Oh, that's the Glasgow District Tartan. And I know that this branch of Stewart's is from there, so that must be the person who lived in... It's, they don't know it. They're not mm. putting all those pieces together instantaneously before they even meet you as you approach them. Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's not the hanky code. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I think it would just confuse them. Um, I, and you, I think you've said this before, is that a lot of people don't even know that District Tartans even exist. So they wouldn't—they would assume it was another clan tartan, uh, and they wouldn't know what you're doing or why you're doing it necessarily. I think that goes for people over here as well. I think most people just seem yeah. like, "What are you representing? Two different clans, or did you lose your other tie?" I mean, they wouldn't understand. Um, I've said before that uh, there are some rare circumstances where you could bend this, and even I would be fine with it, especially with the sash thing. If you're talking a kilted skirt and a sash on a lady for a wedding. Like, it's something like, you know, as part of the wedding ceremony, the groom drapes the sash over her to represent being brought into the clan, or vice versa. Um, the uh, Then you kind of... It's a ritual occasion, so you could get away with it, but just going out and about to a special event or a festival or something like that, it just looks kind of awkward. And I wouldn't recommend it for a guy or a gal, frankly. Yeah. So, Generally speaking, nah, I'd give it a pass. Yeah, just, just- do, do one one day and the other the other day if you like them both, or if you want to represent different aspects of your heritage, you know, like in my case, I will not mix the Stuart and Campbell, which would just be weird. Um, but I will wear Stuart stuff on one day and another day I'll wear Campbell stuff, so.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and as we've said before, generally speaking, if I have to have a broad brushstroke kind of thing here, for Highland wear, simpler is generally better. It's easier to yep. look classier by, by taking a part or two out of the outfit or not going crazy whole hog. Right. Um, yeah. What's what's that the the rule? You know, you look at yourself in the mirror and then you take one thing off. Isn't that a fashion thing?
1: I don't know. I
0: think it's a women's fashion thing. I don't know. I I don't actually know. Mac, that's a thing, right? Yep. Sure. Yeah, it's a thing. yeah. Max, that's a yep. thing. It's, it's Seven of them. No, I want to say it's a it's a. I want to say Kelly told me that or something like that.
1: I huh. I, I get yeah I I, I kind of get it because it's like you know you you have a you have an outfit in your head and you're like do all this stuff and then look and then see what you could do without. Yeah. Elegance comes with simplicity, I get that. Just yeah. never wear a tweed kilt with a rouge tie and a dress spawn. And you'll be fine. And a great tweed jacket. Mm-hmm. And a great you know, and, and a great it's, yeah. it's actually West Shadow kit. Tartan. It's not tweed, Ooh, it's Shadow Tartan vest. So fancy.
0: Yeah. So fancy.
1: Yeah. And absolutely never mix your medals with your watch chain and your and your sporn. At least my cufflinks match. Cufflinks actually match the kilt. Thought, How weird is that. They should match each other too, you know that, right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now I have a I have a Campbell cufflink here and a Stewart cufflink here. For our next try,
0: we burn Eric at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. Dun 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 dun. Uh, yes, Mister Mac.
2: All right. So we have Sten seventeen asking, is bicyc- bicycling with a kilt possible, or is it more difficult to keep things modest <laughs> and not make the kilt fly up? Possible. Yes. Desirable? Eh. We We did a,
0: uh, we did a, a, my take, or I think, I I don't know if you said it, but I said a take on wearing a kilt with a motorcycle. And my general takeaway is, no, you probably shouldn't. Because you don't want the the stuff, you know, flapping and hitting the spokes and getting sucked in there and, ah, dead. Um, We don't encourage our fans dying. That being said, I saw a video recently of a tutorial of a guy in a kilt who said this is how you wear a, ki- a motorcycle or a kilt on a motorcycle? Um, there was a lot of gathering and bunching and tucking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seemed like a whole lot of effort, and uh, I don't know how effective it would be when both hands are on the on the handlebars, driving down the road at 80 miles an hour and the wind whipping up your kilt. Um, but he seemed to think it was effective. You know, basically tucking everything underneath. Tucking everything this way, you know, folding things. Um, on a bike, the the seat isn't going to be as wide. That's
1: what I was saying. You things drape you down you the a bulk, lot. More. On a motorcycle, you got the bulk of the of the, the 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 structure of the bike as well as the saddle. Yeah. To kind of monkey around with that stuff. And I have recently, I think it might have been on Kilt and Culture a Facebook group. Somebody posted an idea of using a, a diaper pin style kilt pin to pin the back of the kilt to the apron or under apron to give you some modesty if you're riding on right. something um but i think it's the same problem um and on a bike you're absolutely right you wouldn't have it's just you know just the frame of the bike and a little saddle i will you're gonna point be this out as all well. over the place
0: pinning the front apron or the under apron to the back of the under pleats when you're seated and you try to pull the pleats from behind you forward and try to pin these two layers together you're putting a large pointy object with the ability to come unhooked Right in your crotch.
1: Less than ideal. Just saying. I'm going to refrain from all the jokes I could possibly make at this juncture. Uh, um, I don't think we need any jokes. Yeah, nah, yeah, of... nah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Um, we, had a, we had a question not unlike this um, on the list. Uh, someone has, was asking, what did the Highlanders do when they were riding a horse? <clears throat> and the answer is, they didn't wear a kilt. That's when they wore trues. Uh, in that historical instance, horses were not something that your typical Highlander owned. They barely had even enough shillings to buy a pair of shoes in town. You know, they couldn't even afford to buy shoes. They were not going to own a horse in the environment they lived in. If you had a horse, chances are you wear trues. If you have a bicycle in the 19th century, um, when the safety bicycle was invented, one of the very first things that happened was they invented that, uh, scalloped out frame for the, for the ladies so that it could accommodate a skirt. So you could possibly ride a women's bicycle with your kilt. Um, But the other thing they realized very quickly was that women would do better if they had a split skirt or bloomer type pants with bicycling pants for women were invented in like the 1890s because of this problem. So kilts and bicycles don't really mix. I mean, if it's something you got to do because you're commuting on a bike and you want to wear your kilt to work or something, then okay, then you try some of the tricks that we're talking about. I would wear bike shorts underneath. (coughs) Um you know, for lack of chafing and also modesty, but it's really not a garment that that's designed to go with that technology.
0: Yeah. I, I would, never even has been. Go,
1: I would even go further and say, leave the kilt off, fold
0: it up, put it in a backpack and go to work or wherever you're going on the bike in that. And then, you know, strap it on when you get there, the kilt, as much as we love the kilt, you can't tell from me wearing pants today, but <laughs> you are totally blowing as, our cred. I'm oh, oh, screwing everything up. I'm <laughs> never wearing these again. The, As much as we love the kilt and we love wearing it daily, aside from today, it's not necessarily suited for all things. Form follows function. You need to wear the thing that will work for the thing. So if the kilt doesn't work for you, or frankly, if you're gonna screw up the kilt, they're not cheap. Wear the right thing or wear an old pair of shorts or whatever and then get into it when you get there.
1: Yeah, so again, you could hack it if you're in a situation where you really want to. but it's not ideal. Um, I know utility kilts. Utility kilts. I have a survival utility kilt, and it includes yeah, the, the modesty snap. Has the modesty yeah. snap thing, which is actually a wooden toggle and some um, elastic band, so you could actually do that, pinning the front and the back together. It looked like diapers. I tried it once, and I yeah. hated how it looked, so I never used it again. And it's like, how often do I am I going to need this anyway? You know. Yeah. But um, so yeah, if you're going to do it, I would wear bike shorts at least.
0: I would also argue so, this. So if your
1: tucking doesn't work, you don't have a problem. I
0: would argue that the util kilt being a uh reverse Kenosi pleating is better. Kenossi pleating would be better I agree. for that I because you agree. have the reverse box pleat center of the back. Yep. And when you pull it forward, it's not gonna screw up all the pleats. Right. And then you have you know, you could just pull just the under apron mm-hmm. towards the back so the front apron still stays flat. Yeah, and,
1: and the canusi pleats would basically go to the sides of the saddle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
0: it would, so that one would be the best suited, and we still don't like it that much.
1: Nope. So, don't do it. <laughs> or if you do it, exercise caution. Yes, indeed. What, Mac? What's going
2: on? We just got a, a response: says, Do not wear kilts on a mobility scooter unless you want air conditioning.
1: <laughs> yep. Fair point. Yep. And I remember Util kilts did the they did these uh, make your own commercial for us mock the commercials contest. the yep. mock commercials. And one of them was a guy on a, a, motorcycle. a motorcycle yeah. And, and the joke is you can see, he's like going down the street and you can see him from the waist up and he's waving at people and the, and the front of the kilt is like up here in his face and, and he's just like and, and women are going like ah! you know it's just hysterical the other problem that i have just thinking about it real quick um if you're wearing a kilt and it
0: on a bike and it falls down behind you unless you have a fender on the bike you your could get kilt caught in the chain. is going to get you know rubbed on the tire, so you could get a yeah. hole worn in your kilt, or you could get the kilt really screwed yep. up from the tire.
1: Um, so yeah, yep. I'm back that's, to the that's why, don't do it. That's why uh, women in the 1890s modified their fashion if they were avid cyclists.
2: Yeah, somebody else said about getting caught in a chain. Yep, uh, but women's bike was mentioned quite a few times. Yeah, on, I think I think that would year. be a
1: compromise solution. Find a honestly, I don't know why it's a women's bike. If I'm gonna if if, if I'm gonna in a, if I'm on a bike. And, and you're I gonna have, go I'm forward of, and off? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather go off into air than go off into the top frame of a, like, ah, you know, I. Seems like it should be a man's book. Okay. I'm fine. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. I've never understood that, but yeah. okay. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? Not me. Shaggy dog, that one. Exactly. Us never. know we're short winded. We're yeah. good.
0: Who was right. that? You were. I think or that man? was him. So it's my okay. turn. Okay.
1: All right. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Um. Da, 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 da. Chris Heffern on Facebook was asking us, what is the busiest tartan you have ever had to deal with for production? What was the hardest tartan to work with? And I think we've answered this one before, but it's funny enough to bear repeating. Busiest tartan you've had to work with? And I've seen Mac work on some things which have definitely made his eyes bleed. So...
0: The... The hardest tartan to work with um, is, I think we've discussed this before, it's probably Aberdeen. Um, it has a, what, 14 inch set, so it's huge. Yeah. And it's, its its even at a 14 inch set, even if, if you're pleading it to the half set, meaning like a one to seven ratio, half of 14, um, it's still a difficult one because of how many weird colors are in it. it it's difficult to get it to look good, one way or the other. Um, the busiest set would be like Ogilvy, um, that one that's just a lot of little stripes. Hmm. Mac, what are your thoughts for? Uh- I
2: mean, I still go back to the shadow, black shadow tartans. Yep. I go back to uh, the we said earlier the um, shepherd check. Shepherd check. Like being busy. I mean, it's yep. two colors, but. It the set fl- size is, you know,
1: half a centimeter. A you centimeter can
2: get half. vertigo when it goes through the machine, so... I practical, I, I,
1: when you have that on the cutting table sometimes, I it just looks look like, at p- just like it like pulsates. Oh, it's like some psychedelic art from the 60s mm-hmm. or something. It's just like... It's horrible. Yeah, one, ones that have very... Um, I'll say another
0: one. Uh, things that have, just as a general category, um, two colors that are similar... And then have like back and forth stripes, so like a a a light blue, light green, light blue, light green, light blue, light green, in like you know six threads each. So it's it's tough to tell where one stripe ends and the next one. Like if you're staring at it like real close, you go cross-eyed with this stuff, Um, especially where they where the colors overlap each other, um, and it gets muddled. Uh, That's that can be a little bit difficult. Yeah, you you need glasses. (laughs) Any other thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, as you're saying that, I was like, I was thinking of one, and a couple come up this week that were very similar in that, where it's it, it, it makes a nice transition look to it. Yeah. It kind of gives it a gradient effect. Yes.
0: From ten feet,
2: yes. it looks right. cool because
0: it's like a gradient mm-hmm. from one color into right. the next. But when you're up on it, trying to you know trying to keep everything exactly straight and you know parallel, it can get daunting. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did they ever show you the picture of the Shepherd Check Prince Charlie jacket? It's this horrible thing oh. that somebody did. Yeah, oh. yeah. I have a picture of a Shepherd Check Prince Charlie. It is horrible.
2: I thought we didn't. We have one coming. To the I thought Shepherd We check? had
1: a Shepherd Check.
2: Or maybe it was just a vest. It was a vest. That's what it I remember. Was. A vest. It was a, a vest. He got a pair of trousers. He also got a kilt. Oof. Um... And maybe a tie. I want to say. So he's if like doing an tartan. '80s style
1: music video where it's like all <laughs> static. He's going to disappear into the into the TV static. He's got a Mac Hedrum mask on. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, put up a strobe light, and he'd be. If you're watching and that was your outfit, I sincerely apologize. And I. No, re- it's, re- it's. He's trying to represent his borders, borderers, Lowland tradition. Or there, if you're you from know.
0: Northumberland, yep. you use that tartan as yep. well. Yep. So it's. Some people will. Feel so strongly about their tartan or about their clan or about their district or whatever, and they say, "I don't care that Buchanan is neon color. You know, that's my tartan. I gotta wear it." Um, or same thing with Shepherd Check or with Burns Check or things like yeah. Rob Roy McGregor. Um, the even though it is less than aesthetically pleasing to everyone, <laughs> putting it mildly, um,
1: <laughs> some people are just like, "Nope, it's it's loud and I'm proud." <laughs> Conversely, we have definitely advised people in the past that if for some reason you do not like your clan's main tartan because you don't find it aesthetically pleasing, you don't have to feel obligated to wear it. Yeah, or there may be a different colorway. If like
0: using Buchanan again, picking on them because um, they make fun of themselves with their own tartan as well. Yeah, yeah. The Buchanan Modern is a lot of red, a lot of yellow, and then some bottle green, and a lot of Buchanans hate the Buchanan Modern tartan. Buchanan Ancient. Softens all that a bit. The yeah. Buchanan weathered, I would argue, is a beautiful, beautiful. tartan. Yeah, weathered. Period. It um, so yeah, there's a few different ways to do it, and maybe just by changing the colorway or the color palette of the tartan, you find something you like.
2: You mean like that Buchanan of your shoulder?
1: Yes. You mean that one? That right one. There? I think I just pointed to it. Yeah. That one. Oh, that one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
0: Knew where it was. Cool. Psychic.
2: Indeed. Your turn, Mac. Hit us, Mac. All right. So we have Charles asking, what is an ancient tartan and a modern? Uh, His history is only with the clan MacDonald, so he's told, but uh, he's curious what the difference is between the ancient and modern.
1: That is a really good classic question, which we haven't answered in a while, and it's very good to make sure that people who are new to this know that. So, yes. Yeah. Go for it. the uh, tartans have t- a tartan is defined
0: by the thread count for like for the one i'm wearing here let's say you know 8 white, 2 black, 36 gray, 8 brown, etc. so when you design a tartan when you register a tartan you're just saying the main colors you're not saying necessarily like pantone color 86723z for the red um you're just saying red now the mills way back when, um, because I won't give a date because I'm always wrong with dates, Um, way back when, the mills would just weave what they thought were good-looking colors and colors that they could sell. So a particular shade of green, a particular shade of blue, a particular shade of red. Um, Over time, it kind of evolved and people wanted choices or the mills wanted to give them choice or give them the ability to buy two things, not necessarily just one. So it evolved into modern... Color tartans and ancient color tartans. It one it doesn't mean that one is older than the other. It means that the ancient color tartans are meant to mimic plant dyes, meaning they're supposed to look like it. It doesn't mean that they're older than the modern ones. It just means they're meant to look like it. Ancient, modern, weathered, and muted are generally the accepted four color palettes. If you're going to speak broadly about it, um, ancient is or I'll, I'll start with modern. Modern, the green is gonna be a bottle green color, like a beer bottle. The blue is gonna be a navy blue. Mm-hmm. Red is gonna be a bold scarlet red. Yellow is gonna be a bold yellow color. When you go to the ancient color palette, the red becomes like an orangish kind of color. The green becomes more of a pastel light green. The blue becomes sort of a, a light sky blue and the yellow becomes a little bit more pale. When you go to muted, the green becomes an olive green, the blue becomes right. a stormy sky blue, red becomes more of a blood red, and the yellow becomes a gold. When you move into the weathered color palette, green becomes brown, blue becomes gray, red becomes uh, like a salmon-y kind of red, not pink, but a salmony red, and the yellow becomes like a dusty, kind of light pale yellow. So it's all the same tartan. So if you have McDonald Modern versus McDonald Ancient, they're both McDonald. They're both 100% acceptable to wear. They're just a different color palette. Think of it yeah. this way it's kind of like driving a, a Chevy Malibu in dark green or a Chevy Malibu in light green. It's the same car, it's still a Chevy Malibu, it's just a different color of that car. So it's strictly personal preference. It's which one you like better. One is not older or more historical. It's just personal preference.
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> sometimes the impression we have of a vegetable dye uh, colors is actually more of a sense of colors as we've seen fade over time. You know, like, uh, oh, this vegetable dye faded and then people are looking at examples of it and it looks washed out with the, the colors that Rocky mentioned. And if you went back and saw the kilt, well, or the the, the garment, the garment, um, the great kilt, when it had originally been woven, <clears throat> it very likely could have been as bright as uh, as what we consider modern palette. And that's where you get into things like the very specialized color palette of the old uh, Wilsons of Bannockburn colors, where they had a very set set of colors they used, which are now considered kind of unique and special. Um, but they don't look weathered or faded or drab or anything like that. Um, So it's definitely a a perception thing and it's definitely more of a modern thing. Um, 1900s. Yeah, 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 and like we've said, the uh, modern chemical dyes really came in in the Victorian age. Um, So it really just comes down to uh, what you like better, how bold you wanna be.
2: Yeah,
0: and the uh, weather, excuse me, modern and ancient were kind of the first two variants. Wilson's Burn is effectively modern colors with the green being more of an olive green. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very similar to modern. Modern colors and ancient colors were the first two to kind of uh, become more popular and standardized if you will. Right. Um, weathered tartans, were, or reproduction tartans as they're also known, didn't come into existence until the 1950s with uh, DC Dog Leash. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically saying, "Hey, we found this old piece of cloth, and it's we're you know accurate, accurately reproducing it. So Looks we're like calling out it it in the bog' reproduction, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a marketing story, but that's neither here nor there." Um, and then, as those colors became kind of popular, um, Heron did it. I think it was the mid '90s. House of Edgar started doing their muted range, which is similar but not quite the same. Um, so it just be kind of evolved over time into giving customers more options for their own personal taste, their own personal flair in their outfit, which colorway they like the best. Yep. In my mind,
1: more choices is a good thing. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, I'd say uh, for him it may be more of a question of which McDonald <laughs> are you following. Oh uh, yeah. You know? McDonald Martin <laughs> de
0: Markin, McDonald Clam and the yeah.
1: All of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Indeed. But mm-hmm. yeah, don't don't worry about it. Don't overthink <coughs> it. When it comes to the color palettes of a particular tartan, just go with the one that you like or matches your colors that you're looking for or whatever the best in that particular tartan. Yep. True
1: that. Yeah. Okay. Is it back to me again already? Sure. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Flip my page here. Flippity doo dah Uh, Mike Duncan, by the way, thank you for the question about the horses. We pretty much answered that, I guess. Um, Lucas Smales asked us, he said, uh, Highlanders uh, are or were known for their unique way of shepherding, reaving, and warfare. But everyone knows that hardworking people and armies move on their stomachs. How did the Highlander people sustain themselves with food supplies when supply trains were near to non existent. That sounds like a more military slanted question. And for the record, move on their stomachs meaning by how much they're eating, not like physically an army an army travels on its stomach. Yeah. Which I think Napoleon was the first guy to say that. I could be wrong. Chris Chris Hills will tell me. Um, How did the Highlanders feed themselves, Rocky? Oats. Jam stuff in the sporn. Yep. Um
0: it's reasonably a simple answer. It's, you know, that was what the sporum was for. It was for, that was your pocket. That's where you carried stuff. Things you didn't want to lose. Um, Well, you don't really want to lose anything, but still. Yeah. Um, You would just, it's a leather, sporum was originally it's the leather pouch that you would take foodstuffs and shove it in there so then when you're out in the field working or if you're out overnight and you're far away from home, you have some food to eat with you on you. You know, there's water there. You can constitute some kind of oatmeal, I would guess, or have something to drink at least, but you'd have oats there. So you have something nutritious
1: to eat. Yep. Um, again, we're talking about a very materially poor culture. If you're going back to that time period, they, they had sheep, which were not the sheep you think of now when you see sheep going around the highlands, the, the original variety was this smaller pink nosed one. Um, they had cattle, which again, interestingly enough, were not the big red Highland Coo that we think of now—that's actually say it ain't so. It's true. The Healing Coo. The Healing Coo is a a Victorian crossbreed. The original Highland cows were called Kylo, and I'm totally gonna make a picture of Kylo Ren as a cow because of that. But Kilo or Kylo, um, which were a shorter black or brown cow, um, and they were smaller, just like the sheep. They were smaller. Everything that they cultivated was meant for mobility and ease of dealing with in a very harsh environment. So oats were a de facto thing you could always count on having. Um, I don't get the impression that they necessarily butchered cattle when they were transporting them. Um, It was all about the oats because the cattle was money. You know, you sold them to the lowlanders so they could butcher them um, or get the leather. So oats, yeah, you could eat them dry. You could um, make them into an oatmeal with water um, or, Ideally, with a little water and the oats, you could basically mix up um, uh, the material for making bannock bread. So you get to camp that night. If you're lucky, you have a bannock board with you, which is basically a piece of wood with a couple of holes drilled in it. So you can put it kind of vertically near the fire. And you take your oats and your water and make a little cake, slap it on the board, and you let the campfire cook it. Um, That's it. Kind of like a granola bar. Yeah, but not as flavorful. Yeah, not as flavorful. No salt. (laughs) No salt, no brown sugar. No peanut butter, no chocolate, nap, no drizzling that, on top, that. no honey. No. no, the Irish were noted for their peanut butter. No. Um, and there's an anecdote that Montrose um, uh, was able to move troops up to like 60 miles on nothing but oats. And they were still battle ready by the end. So, And that's the original, the uprising, not the 45, the other one. 15, 17, 15? Their okay. gastrointestinal tract must have been whew, like a yeah. locomotive. Yeah, well, but um, but yeah, it was basically oats was the way of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hardy, you know,
0: easy to mm-hmm. gather, easy to have, easy to carry, easy to... Right,
1: and then meat on special everything. occasions, but you didn't really butcher uh, animals unless you really had to, or if it was that time of the year where they weren't going to survive the winter, so...
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Indeed. Ta-da. Mr. Mac.
2: All right. Kylo the cow. Is that how we pr- pronounce it? I
1: don't know, but it still made me laugh when I read it. I was just like, I think cows were called Kylo. So.
0: I think we should say Kilo Cilo. and Kylo so we can overdub it
1: and make sure that we're correct later on. Probably a good idea.
2: I don't know. I just I looked up the, the, the spelling of that and I don't know. I don't know how you would say that. I don't know if it's... Like, or it's Kylo or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are not Gaelic speakers. We're not Scots speakers. We do our best. Don't pretend We to be. love this. Yeah, we don't pretend to be. We love this stuff. We live for this stuff, obviously. Um, but we do our best. Forgive us. Um, Mr.
2: Mack. All right. So we have Ian asking. He has kilts that are wool and fit well around the waist. Okay. Because they were made correctly with excess fabric cut away from the inside. But is it common to have a kilt made without excess fabric being cut away? Could I have them? Could I have that fixed, or would that be costly? You um, talking about scalloping?
0: Yeah, talking about scalloping out. Yeah. Um, when you have uh, when you have an eight yard kilt, you have <clears throat> effectively an eight yard kilt. You have one yard of cloth for the front apron, one yard for one yard for the under apron, one yard for the front apron, and then you have six yards pleated up across the back. And when you pleat up six yards of cloth, it gets pretty thick. Um, Like I would say five eighths of an inch to three quarters of an inch. So as a kilt maker, what we do is, because you don't want to carry all that weight around and all that heat, we actually scallop out the insides of the kilt up in the upper portion and we take a horsehair canvas lining, we line it inside that, we sneak it, um, and then we cover it up with a cotton lining so you don't see all the nastiness on in the inside of the kilt. The, uh, if you don't scallop that out, A, it would be really, really difficult to sew because you're trying to sew <laughs> through, you know, three quarters of an inch of right, fabric. Right. Um, and B, it would be very, very, very hot. I like, when um, it, like, like, like a bath towel or like like a
1: sumo wrestler thing, would be like super thick. Not in the front, just in the back. It would okay. be super thick. All right, but yeah, so it'd be like a back brace then. <clears throat> yeah, so it's you need to cut it out,
0: period. Um, the can it be done if yours isn't done? Yes, but you're 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 talking about taking a kilt halfway apart and then reconstructing it. I don't like, I've, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. I've seen kilts that don't have the inside scalloped out on an eight yard kilt. In that case, they probably also don't have the horsehair canvas and all the reinforcements on the inside, mm. they're also probably not steaked. Um, so to do it the right way, yes, would be pretty expensive because you it would, you'd be paying someone, or you'd be doing it yourself, to take out the lining, and then take off the waistband, scallop all the stuff out, sneak the bottom of each of the pleats, sew them all together, put in the horsehair canvas. You'd have to hand sew the eyelet for, you know, putting the uh, uh, the strap through on the left side of the kilt. So, and then hand sew the lining back in the kilt, all from cloth that you already have and hoping you don't make any mistakes. Because if you make a mistake, then it could, you
1: know, yeah screw it up. Um, so, yeah I hope you didn't pay too much for it, it um, is this, is this something <clears throat> is this something that happens when somebody is it's a homemade or a cottage industry made kilt? No or is it a fast mass production made overseas kind of th- thing where they just it's how does uh, it happen because I can't imagine I've, I've seen
0: it a, f- a few different ways I've seen <clears throat> and not and let me let me actually take a half step back not all kilts need. The fabric scalloped out. If on the it's inside. a lighter material or a thinner material, or if it's a five-yard kilt. Okay. If there's less yardage right. on a five-yard kilt, you have one yard for the under apron, one yard for the over apron, and then three yards across the back. Okay. Three yards stacked up isn't real thick. Therefore, you right. don't need to scallop everything out because you don't scallop it out. You don't need the horsehair canvas. Yada yada yada. For uh, uh, for kilts that I've personally seen like that, where basically Pakistani kilts where it's, it takes time to do the scalloping. It takes time to put in the horsehair canvas. It takes time to hand sew the bottom of the lining down. So, it is generally a corner that is cut. Um, the two times I've seen it are from Pakistani kilts where they do a higher yardage kilt. Okay. Um, and I've also seen, I, I won't name the maker in Scotland, but one of the uh, one of the mills had a ton of extra cloth and they just wanted to kind of get a bunch of kilts out there as quickly as possible. And they skip that step to be able to throw something out in the market at a lower price point, so that they're not, you know, it's, you know, a $300 eight yard kilt versus a $500 eight yard kilt. Cause they took a lot of the internal steps out of the construction process. Ah. Uh. Um, now, it, it's cheaper, but you you deal with a a thick back like weightlifting belt that you're strapping <laughs> yeah, on right. kind of thing, exactly. Um, and you deal with the heat issues. But I've I've seen it happen. It's not the
1: right way to do it. But, but you can't you can't just go in and cut that stuff out of a kilt you already have.
0: You can. It's but just
1: going to be a a. You should know what you're doing.
0: Um, don't don't. If you haven't sewn, you've hand sewn a couple buttons on. Don't try this. Um, you could take it to a kilt maker if they do the alterations and they could do it for you, but you're talking probably a couple to a few hundred dollars because it's going to take a good chunk of change or a good chunk of time
1: to rip it apart and put it all back together. I think I know what the answer is. Buy a new kilt. Yeah, if you're not satisfied with a kilt, sell it on eBay and put the money towards a new kilt. Yeah.
0: Especially if it... If it fits you well, uh, it's kind of one. thing. I was thing. confused
1: whether I think he said he had some that he could tell were scalloped and they fit well, but this one didn't. Is the impression I was getting from the phrasing of the question Mac, that did this say one that? was not scalloped and it felt wrong?
2: The yeah, that's kind of well. He's okay. he's got he, well, and I don't think he meant that there was one that felt wrong. It just. He's noticed that on the on these, this one doesn't seem to have it. Oh, it felt thicker. Okay. does it? Yeah. Okay. Does it need to okay. have it? Does it not need okay. to have it? So if he's yeah.
1: looking at a, a five yard or four yard kilt, then maybe it's fine. If he's looking at a, an eight yard, yeah, no, it's yeah.
0: it's generally generally speaking, it is a cost cutting practice, which especially on eight yard kilts, which some companies do because they don't want to take the time and or effort and or they just want to sell it at a cheaper price point, and by saving that time, they can sell it at a cheaper price point. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. All right, we got time for one more. Mr. Mac, why don't you regale us,
1: or at least tell us your last question. Or you just gale us once, then you regale us later. Yes.
2: (laughs) So I think we've asked this before, but this is a good one to kind of bring back up. Uh, We have Clark asking, how do you prevent your kilt pleats from curling up on the side? The pleats or the apron? He's saying pleats. I'm going to guess it, he means the apron.
0: We can kind of do both. Um, If your kilt pleats are curling up on the side, um, basically what I would do is lay it flat, and then with a press cloth, I would press in you know, lay it flat and get them all as organized and straight and aligned as possible and then using a press cloth press the very very bottom of the pleats making sure that they're exactly perfect and you know put some pressure on it with a you know a damp cloth to kind of steam them once they're done you know take the take the uh, press cloth off let it dry for a sec or, or a few minutes then flip it over and do the inside as well trying to maintain the exact same alignment on the inside um, if it is the front edge of the kilt, the left-hand side of the front apron, um, it's generally either due to the shaping of the kilt, to the tightness of the hip buckle, um, the 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 width of the front apron. There's a few different uh, reasons for it for the split between the waist and the hips. Um, it is. To some degree, the bane of kilt maker's existence, hmm. especially if you don't have the person in front of you to be able to say, "Okay, let me just do a little bit here and have fittings for the kilt." Um, for us, we don't meet eighty to ninety percent of our customers. They provide the measurements, we make the kilt to the measurements, and you know, send it in the mail. And you know, as long as the measurements were accurate, it should fit well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac, any any input off of that?
2: Nope. nope. No. 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 I think you got it. That's okay. it. <laughs>
0: yeah. The only thing that you could do is either a try loosening the hip strap on the right side of the kilt a little bit. Um, that may create less pulling on the on the right hand side. Option B is take the uh, uh, however however much it's curling and basically give it a new edge. So if it's curling up a little bit pinch it where it wants to lay, and then re-iron from the very bottom up to the hip along that same line. You're giving the front apron a new crease, a new edge, and that should help keep it over and around your body a little bit better. Hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. It's not the only fix. It's not necessarily, it's one of the only fixes on a reasonably easy level. It's not necessarily the only one though. So. Give it a try and see if that works for you. Indeed. Very good. Anything else we want to get to or are we good? I think we're good. Okay. I am tired and it's time for my nap. (laughs) Anyway, boys and girls, question of the day. Okay. Today, we did, what did I I call it? The the Gritty Fuel. Gritty Fuel. I'm still calling it Gritty Fuel. I don't care. I don't care which one went. It's Gritty Fuel to me, buddy. Um, Guinness and Iron Brew mixture. We need help. Tell us, what do you want to see us try? What Scottish, Irish, Welsh, Celtic-y thing, what cocktails, what Scotch, what foodstuffs, what disgusting, horrid thing- Or cool. Should we ingest? No, just disgusting Just disgusting? Okay. Uh, Now you can do cool too. Um, But what do you want to see us try on the show? We need suggestions, so load them in the comments. Let us know what you want to see us try on the show next time. That being said, Thank you all for watching. Until next time, boys and girls, sláin Thanks for joining us, guys. Our podcast theme song is Gold and Guns by the Kilmain Saints. If you have a question for us, you can ask it during our YouTube live stream the first Friday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern time. If you wanna get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can also find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, USAKilts.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjavah.